in any given population of bulls, 25% of bulls are subfertile. So a BBSC should pick up most of these. So again, just kind of highlighting the importance of carrying out BBSE in good time, well before the breeding season. Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Dr. Colin Byrne, researcher in Chagas Grange, to discuss key aspects of a synchronisation regime for a suckler beef herd. Current usage of AI is low in Irish suckler herds, with only one out of every five calves born in beef herds being bred from AI. Colin, you're very welcome. Breeding will start on many farms in the coming weeks. What are the benefits to AI? So yeah, look, I suppose starting off, you mentioned one already um, in terms of benefits of AI and that's um, the genetic improvement. So by using AI, um, farmers are going to have, I suppose, a better selection or a broader selection of bulls, both terminal and replacement. So obviously, um, if the farmer is breeding his own replacements then as well, um, it can remove the need for a second bull. So rather than have to have a terminal and a replacement bull on the farm, they'd only need to have the terminal and they could breed the replacements from AI. And even on that then, I suppose it could almost um, completely um, remove the need to have a bull altogether if a farmer eventually switched to to 100% AI, um, which would really, I suppose, help them maximise their genetic gain of their on their farm. And given the new recent SKIP scheme, Colin, what should a farmer's policy be for producing quality female replacements? Obviously, in the SKEP scheme, there, there's a requirement um, this year, say, to have 50% of the reference number um, being four or five star heifers um, on the 31st of October. And then that increases up to 75% um, on the 31st of October in 2027. So, so a farmer needs to assess their current, current situation or their, cur- their current herd rating. Um, and if it, I suppose their overall um, star ratings are low, obviously they're not going to have time to breed enough replacements that they need to purchase in. But then I suppose they also need to look forward um, and if they are breeding the replacements um, in terms of how they're going to achieve it. So that'll be if you have a cow um, that could be average, so in around three stars, she's probably going to need at least a five star bull to bring her daughters up to um, four star. I suppose the other thing then, look, with any good breeding policy, um, farmers um, need to look within the indexes. So not just looking at the, the total overall Eurostar value, looking at um, balance and traits. So I suppose the three main traits that we normally focus um, on for ensuring that they're balanced as a minimum are carcass weight, milk and daughter calving interval. And I suppose this ensures that the farmer is going to have the best chance of um, having a good productive cow that can feed a calf, she's fertile, and then that obviously the calf she can produce is, um, is also suitable um, as a beef animal later in life. And what kind of targets within those three categories, Colin, should farmers be focused on? This is possibly going to depend a little bit on, on where they are. So if you already have animals that are going to, that are reasonably, uh, reasonably high um, for the for the specific traits um you can i suppose don't have to add an awful lot to it but um things and again it's going to to some degree depend um on breed but for carcass weight i suppose we don't want um to go too 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 high so something in around 20 
plus 20 kg is probably going to be okay. Milk, um, I would say anywhere eight to 10 above. And then calving interval, I suppose with calving interval, you probably can't go too negative really. Um, so as, as minus a figure as possible. So this is essentially shortening the calving interval of these animals. And for farmers that might be considering synchronizing beef heifers or cows, what key points should they be aware of? The key points in this, um, this synchronization is, is something that's starting to increase in popularity and there's a good few more questions been asked about it. So things, I suppose, for somebody that might be on the fence and unsure about um, what they need to do or what the benefits are going to be. So one thing is going to reduce the labour um, and make um, artificial insemination more accessible. Um, so you can use either a fixed time AI protocol um, or you can use a protocol where you're essentially just ensuring all these cows are going to come into heat um, in a shorter period. So this can be planned for dates that where um, labour is going to be more available. It's going to be fairly useful um, if land is fragmented. So if a farmer has fragmented land um, and it's just not as straightforward to go heat checking as often as is needed, um, synchronization is definitely a, pro- uh, definitely a possibility there. Um, and then I suppose also reducing your calving spread. So um, we'd normally recommend that about 80% of um, cows and heifers should be calving in the first six weeks of the calving season. But if there are some animals that have kind of started to slip well outside that, um, but otherwise seem in good health and good condition um, and fertile, uh, synchronize, synchronizing them can be a way, I suppose, of bringing them back into the fold um, to, into a more compact calving uh, pattern. So I suppose looking at the first group of stock, in a lot of cases, you mentioned they're the fragmented farms. On some cases, replacement heifers may be going to an out farm. What would be the synchronization regime for beef heifers that maybe farmers are planning to calve down at 24 months? There's two protocols um, that are available for use in heifers. One is um, a prostaglandin-based protocol. This just involves two injections of prostaglandin and some um, heat checking. So normally we'd heat check for um, the first five to six days and inseminate um, heifers using the AMPM rule. Um, you'd expect about 30% of the heifers should have um, should have come into heat um, naturally at this stage. If it's any less than this, you probably need to just have a look and make sure there's no other underlying issues that might not be um, well enough grown. Then um, the heifers that haven't been detected in heat are um, injected with prostaglandin um, and heat detection continues um, and AI to heat detection using AMP PM as before. So then 11 days after the first uh, prostaglandin injection, we give another prostaglandin injection um, and this will um, give another prostaglandin injection and then heat detect and um, inseminate um for about five to six days again after this. So you'd normally see, I suppose, most um, heifers um, respond in about 48 hours after these injections. Um, And then after your second injection, you should expect to have um, inseminated at at least 80% um, of the heifers. One thing about this protocol is that the heifers have to be, um, the heifers have to be already cycling um, for this protocol to work successfully. Um, so then I suppose there is another um, progesterone-based protocol um, available that um, farmers can use. So this um, protocol is where um, it can be used fixed time or um, AI to heat detection as well. So um, on the first day, um, a cedar is inserted and the animal is injected with G and or H. 
Um, and then five days later, um, the heifer is injected with prostaglandin. And then 24 hours after that, the cedar is taken out um, and the heifer is injected with prostaglandin. And then three days after, three days later, um, the heifer is injected with GNRH um, and um, AI. So this is your fixed time AI protocol. So all in all, you're looking at nine to 10 days for that protocol. Um, or then alternatively, after you take your cedar out, you can um, heat detect an AI as normal to that. So I suppose for heifers, there are um, two protocols that are widely used. There are others, um, but we've seen, I suppose, generally reasonably good success with these. Um, just, I suppose, a couple of points on them. Um, um, and it's always the same, for whether you're using synchronization or anything, is wait for age um, in heifers that you want to calve at 24 months of age. So um, we'd be talking kind of minimum 380 to uh, 420, particularly for later maturing breeds. Um, they should be cycling before um, any of these protocols are applied. And for the um, two shots of prostaglandin, one that I talked about earlier, they absolutely have to be cycling or that won't work. And then in general, with these heifers where they're going in calf at 14 to 15 months of age, um, using an easy calf and bull is highly recommended uh, to ensure that there's no um, high instance of dystopia um, at calving time. And what's the variation, the costs across the two different programs you mentioned, Colin? Yeah, so um, look for the two the two shot one, which is um, probably a little bit, there's a little bit more involved in terms of heat detection and whatever else, but just given the two injections, you're talking um, about um, eight to 10 euros um, for the whole thing. And then for your um, progesterone-based protocol, it's probably going to be more in the region of 28 to 30 euros. One other thing I suppose that I really should have pointed out um, at the beginning there is that um, all these are prescription-only medicines. So your prostaglandin, your, your cedar, um, and your gene or H, you need a prescription um, from your vet. So you will need to consult your vet on this. Then I suppose the other category of stock, Colin, really is the beef cow that has calved over 35 days. What would you recommend as a synchronization regime for them? Yeah, so um, look, the protocol that we used here is generally um, the uh, progesterone-based protocol. So a little bit of a variation, I suppose, on what I just described above. So on the first day, um, we'd ins- you insert a cedar and you inject with GNRH. And then um, on seven days later, you um, remove the cedar and you inject with um, prostaglandin and um, ECG or equine chorionic um, gonadotrophin. So I, I suppose a pregnant, pregnant marum serum um, gonadotrophin. Um, and then 72 hours after that, um, inject with GNRH um, and AI. So that's your fixed time AI protocol. And then for your... Um, inseminations to heat you can inseminate um after to heat detected after you uh, remove the cedar um from that animal again i suppose just on the cost of that that's going to be similar enough to the cost above in your in around your 28 to uh, 30 euro region i suppose really the synchronization program is probably coming into effect colin in relation to sex semen which has been coming much more widely available for beef sires in the past number of years what would the success rate be for six semen versus normally I? In general, um, normally what we see is that um, your conception rate will be about 85% of what your conception rate would be if you were using conventional semen. Um, okay, so just for an example, um, if you're achieving a conception rate of 90%, 
over your whole breeding season, you'd expect this uh, to fall to about 77% if you were using sexed semen. I suppose a lot of farmers might be only considering implementing a synchronization program for the first time. How could the success of the program be improved for farmers that are only trying it this year? Look, some of these, as we've mentioned already, um, one thing that I think we'd, you'd recommend, because as, as I said, there is a cost per animal involved, is um, perhaps a pre-breeding scan. So you don't want to, I suppose, spend this money on a cow that's dirty because um, synchronization is not going to remove any of the issues around that. So a pre-breeding scan um, and sorting out or washing out any um, animals that require it. Um, and then I suppose in terms of body condition score, so particularly on your cows. Um, we've seen studies where um, if cows are less than two and a half in terms of body condition score, their response to synchronization is normally poor. Um, you mentioned it already there, Catherine, um, cows should be at least 35 days calved. Um, and then I suppose the other thing is if it's not if a farmer's not using the fixed time AI protocol, if they're um, inseminating to heat detection, their heat detection skills do need to be up to scratch. Um, OK, so something like using um, a teaser wearing a chin ball as a vasectomized bull um, tail paint. Um, and then I suppose there's a range of digital um, options available as well that farmers can use um, to, I suppose, increase the accuracy of their heat detection and make sure that they haven't missed any cows. That's great, Colin. And I suppose as we start the breeding season for farmers that are using a stock bull, what would be the key pre-breeding fertility checks that you'd recommend? First and foremost, I think I'd always recommend um, a BBSE or a bull breeding soundness evaluation. So essentially what this is going to do is it's going to check the, the semen quantity and quality um, of the bull. Um, and it'll also I suppose, look at general health and limbs um, of the animal. So look at the minute, this should have been probably done about six to eight weeks prior to when you start breeding so that you can take action. Um, you know, so if an animal needs a treatment, you can give it and they're well recovered. Um, or in some cases, you may actually need to replace um, the animal. At a very minimum, um, if you can't carry out that, you need, I suppose, just a quick assessment that a farmer can carry out in the bull. I suppose that the animal is in um, good body condition score, so three to three and a half, but also bearing in mind that the animal needs to be fit and not fat. Um, I suppose you don't want them to have any lameness at the minute. Um, and also, I suppose, looking back, that they shouldn't have been lame for the, pa- for the last while either, because I suppose any increase in infection or temperature is going to affect semen quality. Um, and that, I suppose that can be an issue. Also, I suppose in terms of any deformities um, on the testes, so best was checking the scrotum of the animal that there's no lumps or, or any um, major differences in sizes between the two uh, testes. And then I suppose also um, during the breeding season, so even um, as the breeding season um, is ongoing, you can also, I suppose, record your heat or check your heats um, and record them and then just keep an eye out for a high level of repeats. So this would indicate that there may be an issue with a bull. I suppose just to point out like that uh, to to farmers and anybody that has a stock bull that like to, in general in any given population of bulls 25 percent of bulls are subfertile so um a bbse should pick up most of these so again just kind of highlighting the importance of carrying out a bbse um in good time well before the breeding season to remove any of these issues because if you have a subfertile bull um i suppose the biggest issue is this bull will still get some cows and calf but you will have a high level of repeats and what it'll do is it'll increase um, your calving spread and um, your 
it yeah, increase your calving spread. That's great, Colin. Thanks very much. Some great tips and advice. Thanks, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Colin for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.